we've had quite a few toddlers running around our house. <laughs> yes. I have left my toddlers in a room with each other, which <laughs> I don't know. I think that was less safe at times. Absolutely. <laughs> you have three boys. You know what we mean. Three boys. It is crazy what they do together. But I, I think that it's very beneficial for our kids to be in a safe environment without us standing right over them all the time. So when can you do it? Yes, right now. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Presented by Spoonful One. Spoonful One's mission is to stop a food allergy before it starts. And we are so happy to have them as part of the Moms on Call podcast again this season. Research now shows that to avoid food allergies, you need to introduce allergens early to your little one, between four and six months. Early and consistent introduction to common allergens is how to best avoid food allergies later in life. You can do this on your own, but building a multi-allergen introduction routine will take a lot of time and it is not easy. Spoonful One is taking the guesswork out of all of it and will introduce your baby to 16 different common allergens safely and gently. These include peanuts, milk, shrimp, tree nuts, including almond, cashew, hazelnut, pecan, pistachio, and walnut egg, cod and salmon, wheat and oat grains, soy and sesame. This covers over 90% of food allergies. You're a new parent. You have so much on your plate. Let the researchers, the doctors, the scientists, chefs, and most importantly, the parents at Spoonful One do the heavy lifting. You just give your child one packet once a day for one year. It really is that easy. Spoonful One has an exclusive offer just for Moms on Call listeners. Go to SpoonfulOne.com backslash Moms on Call for more information and your exclusive offer of 35% off their award-winning products. <laughs> Hi, this is Michelle. I'm calling from Savannah, Georgia. I'm a huge fan of yours, and I've read all of your books, even though my baby is not due for another four weeks. I'm a little bit confused about colic. I don't really understand what it is, and I'm wondering if there's anything I should be on the lookout for, if there's a way to prevent it, or maybe, I don't know, if you could just tell me what it is or how to deal with it, if I do have to deal with it. Sorry if this is a weird question because my baby's not even here yet, but I'm just trying to be prepared. And like I said, I got confused when I was reading about it and I was just hoping for a little bit more information. Thank you so much. Well, Michelle, welcome to the confused party. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're right on track. It's perfect because, Michelle, the truth is colic is one of those terms that we don't really know a whole lot about. What we do know is that it's supposedly 
a time of the day where they are super, super fussy for more than two hours, typically in the evenings, and there's no reason for that. So it's really more of a diagnosis of, what would you call that, Jennifer, where there was there's no other reason, so hey, let's just call it colic. Yeah, and some resources will actually say it's six or more hours. Oh. And look, we've worked in the pediatrician's office, and not every baby's cry is the same. Some babies have a very shrill cry, and we look at each other and go, oh, that mama, that daddy, that caregiver, like it's just harder to listen to, but the kids are just as valuable, and the parents are just as good of parents. So the timing, you know, is it two hours? Is it six hours? What? Nobody likes to listen to their baby cry. And here at Moms on Call, we've talked about this, Laura, the number of times that you and I have talked about quote unquote colic and the elements that a lot of people don't talk about. Like that's a diagnosis, but nobody says, let's look at the schedule. Let's look at the routine. Let's, let's get look rest. At the sleep. The digestive system, you know, all of those things we think can absolutely help decrease some of those fussy periods. I often think of that, of true colic at, you know, those fussy periods in the evenings for no reason, that it's almost like sometimes a Coke bottle that's been shaken a little bit. So they tend to explode in the evenings. And one but don't the, shake your baby. Don't this, shake this, your baby. We're not saying and, that's okay. <laughs> no, but that's what it is like is a right, right. Coke bottle being shaken <laughs> and exploding in the evening. So what we have found is that, yes, there are a few things that you can do, Michelle, to try and help decrease some of those symptoms. And that is routine, swaddling those first 10 to 12 weeks, using a sound machine so that they can get the rest that they need, And man, it can make all the difference. And parents, if you are out there and your child has had a diagnosis of colic, there is nothing more that I would like to do because you need support. Yes. And there's nothing more I'd like to do than to partner you with a Moms on Call consultant and a voice that can be your support and your advocate and make sure that everything that we can do is in place, even if... Babies still cry. Good parents have babies that cry. And parents of colicky babies need support. That's one of the reasons that we're here. Hey there, this is Jennifer from Orlando here. And I want to know when I can start leaving my child alone in the playroom for short periods of time. I would love to be able to let her play by herself without me either engaging with her or even being in the room, but keeping an eye on her so we have a camera in there. So is it safe to do that now? She's two years old, or is that something we should do in another year? She's a pretty smart kid, but I don't know what the rules are about being a kid alone in a room. So thank you for your help. Well, Jennifer, we've all been there, and man, we've had quite a few toddlers running around our house. (laughs) Yes, I have left my toddlers in a room with each other, which, (laughs) I don't know, I think that was less safe at times. Absolutely. (laughs) You have three boys, you know what we mean. Three boys, it is crazy what they do together, but I, I think that it's very beneficial for our kids to be in a safe environment without us standing right over them all the time. So when can you do it? Yes, right now. Yes, absolutely. Two years old? Absolutely. And what are the rules? There really aren't rules. 
I love, Jennifer, how you know your child. Like you are around her all day. You kind of know her habits. You're familiar. And then we child-proof that area to the best of our abilities. Now let's talk about the best of our abilities. Even if we get the child-proofing expert, if we watch the moments on the Moms on Call online classes, or we go to the blog and we check off all the stuff on the list, can they still find, say, I don't know, a vanilla insert on the bottom of the trash can how, lid and be how, chewing how, on it? Okay. How, wait, whoa, in? whoa. But yes, how, yes, how, do you, how do you know that? Just, a friend told me one time. <laughs> <laughs> because it happened. Because I think we've talked about this little, um, my oldest, little Grayson Walker had, um, yeah, vanilla scented breath for a good day and a half. It was one of those calls to poison control in his child-proof room. So there is no such thing as child-proof. Life is dangerous. We've talked about this. But knowing your child and you have the monitor, so now we can monitor everybody's on, what, involuntary house arrest in every household (laughs) um, that we know of. So um, yeah, so we we want to be able to just kind of check in, but do make it a safe environment for them. And one of the things about the things that they learn, Laura, when they are by themselves. Some of those things are incredibly valuable because they're free. Even if you have two, I know I joke about putting three boys in a room together. Um, but you know, even if you have two or three kids together in a room and let them work out their own relationships their amongst frustrations, each other. Right. I mean, how does this work? How do we learn to share? And, mm. and then we, as the parents aren't just standing there trying to orchestrate and navigate and fix. Right. I think there's just something so beautiful about independent play for lack of better word, where your kid, whether they're alone or whether they're with their siblings, figuring out with their own imagination, all the great wonders of this world. Check in on them every few minutes. You'll know they make a lot of noise when they're in trouble typically. (laughs) Um, But you can't get in the car and and go to Starbucks. That would not be, that would be a rule. Don't do that. That is, okay. That's (laughs) the rule. Maybe there is a rule. Come to think of it. There is a rule. There is a rule. You have to stay home. You have to be in the house (laughs) with your child uh, playing in their own space is such an incredible thing. Hi, Moms on Call. This is Diana from Westchester, New York. I wish I had known about you when my four-year-old daughter was a baby, but I'm so glad I found you in time for my son, who's now 12 weeks old. The schedule has been super helpful. He's doing great at nap time. He's sleeping overnight unswaddled from 7.30 p.m. to about 6 a.m., Our struggle is that he always falls asleep every time I nurse him, and he's still ready to take his nap on the early end of the uh, grace period. And so I'm wondering how to keep him awake when I nurse him, and is he getting too much sleep during the day? Also, he usually naps right up until the next feeding time, but occasionally he'll wake up, say, 30 minutes early. I've heard you suggest doing tummy time or snuggles to get at least within the 15 minutes um, grace period for the next feeding time. But he is crying to eat as soon as he wakes up and he knows I'm the food source. So he's not letting me get in any snuggles or tummy time. 
when he first wakes up? Uh, do I let him cry for 15 minutes to try to get closer to that next schedule feeding? Thanks so much. Hey, Diana, you guys are rocking this thing. He is doing fabulous. You are doing a fabulous job. And so to to talk about your first question, is he getting too much sleep? You know, how do I keep him awake when we're nursing him? First off, as long as he's eating well and he's dozing on that breast while he's eating, you don't have to sit and just poking, 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 poking. <laughs> you know, strip him down to his diaper so he can't get too cuddly. Let him nurse and just move him around. Just mess with him every so often. Don't let him get too cozy for too long. But as long as he's doing a nice full feeding, you don't have to poke the bear. Well, and we want to make sure also that he is gaining weight. Yeah. So we're going to keep an eye on that weight. And that's one of the things, too, that our personal consultants can help you to do. We'd like to monitor those things and just make sure as we're making all these transitions. And it's so much harder, Laura, with the breastfed babies. All the moms and us, when we were breastfeeding, have the same question, which is... Are they getting enough? Are Are they they getting getting enough? enough? And you'll see. So there are some other signs we can look for to make sure that they're getting enough. And that is that they seem satisfied at the end of the feeding. You can take your pinky finger and run it along the inside of their bottom lip, and that should be smooth and moist, and that they're gaining weight. Um, And a lot of these things are very normal for a baby of this age. Some babies sleep more than others. And then you talked about him waking up a little bit early. We expect them to wake up Mm -hmm. about 30 minutes before that next feed time. What we would suggest is to give him just a little bit of time, give him five or 10 minutes to kind of scoot around and whine and doze and and cry out or get him up and do a little bit of tummy time or snuggle time. It's okay if he's crying and not really liking it a whole lot. Change that diaper and start the feeding. You're close enough to that that feeding time and you are good to go. Oh, that brings up another really good point, though, is another way you can tell if if they have enough is they're having a wet diaper every feeding. Um, And if you can't tell because of today's extra absorbent diapers, take a little Kleenex or, you know, a little tissue and put it there to just make sure that it's wet. Like you want to be able to ensure that they're... um, peeing every, every feeding. And, and I think you said that, um, he's about 12 weeks old. So you're probably getting ready to come out of that swaddle. He's sleeping through the night. And as long as he's healthy and he's gaining the weight correctly, then you can start to give him a little bit more time to settle for those naps and early wake-ups as well. So too much sleep? No. As long as they're growing, we have all those signs that they're getting enough. (sighs) Enjoy it, Diana. Enjoy sharing some of our most popular tips and tricks. This is the Moms on Call Spotlight, presented by Spoonful One. The research now shows that introducing allergens like peanuts, eggs, and shellfish early can prevent allergies from happening. This is so different from what they were coming out with several years ago when doctors and scientists recommended avoiding common allergens. Here's what is recommended now. Start early, as early as four months. Introduce often. The body needs to learn that a food is a friend, not an enemy. And that won't happen with just one exposure. And look for a product that can make it easy and take the guesswork out of doing this. 
like our partners at Spoonful One. This Moms on Call Spotlight was presented by Spoonful One. Spoonful One's mission is to reduce food allergy rates in infants and children. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey.